Alrighty, Guru and Wiz here. No, the NFL uh, under the new uh, collective bargaining agreement doesn't do two a days, but Guru and Wiz, we do two a days. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we finished up the Dallas Cowboys. We're doing team summaries right now, getting a little bit more specific on what we're looking at on outlooks for the coming season, and uh, we are on to the Denver Broncos, which. Um, you know, quite the opposite when we talk about the Green Bay Packers, when they, uh, you see a team do something for your quarterback, they did next to nothing for Aaron Rodgers uh, except uh, annoy him. Uh, if you're Drew Locke, who's uh, going to be the starting quarterback uh, to start the season this year for the Denver Broncos, he's got to like what happened in the offseason as he heads into this second year of his NFL career. Uh, Wiz? How are you, and what are you thinking here for Mr. Locke, who had a little bit of, uh, I would say, uh, oh, I'd say, say uh, what is it? Uh, what's the description when the kid's got uh, kid gloves? Kid gloves. He had some kid gloves on him last year. Do you, do you expect those kid gloves to be removed from Mr. Locke, given the offensive weaponry that he has at his disposal this year? Well, I think John Elway finally came to the realization that, uh, listen, we're not going to score 14 points or 13 points or 16 points and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we're, we're going to have to, you know, change our philosophy and we're going to have to try and outscore them and uh, certainly, you know, put up um, more points and be a more potent offense. And certainly with the things that they've done in the off season, uh, which we'll get to, uh, you know, signing Melvin Gordon and drafting two um receivers with their early picks, drafting an athletic tight end that has familiarity with Drew Locke um, is a step in the right direction, and that's where they want to go. Uh, as far as Drew Locke, I, I was impressed. He came in there, and he didn't look like the moment was too big for him. He didn't look like he was intimidated. He looked like a gunslinger, which is his reputation. Um, and um, now – there are many more options for him. Uh, having Melvin Gordon there, who um, certainly is 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 polished at catching the ball out of the backfield, which will help him. He's got Lindsey, got Royce Freeman, got good young tight ends, good young receiving core. Um, two of them figure to um, you know, play right away. Um, that they drafted a wide receiver. So I think this, you know, Drew Locke is fine. I think, uh, I think with these weapons that he has, I think Drew Locke um, will be a solid fantasy quarterback. Would I draft him as my number one quarterback? Probably not in a 12-team league, but um, he certainly would, you know, can, you know, can be a quarterback to have his spot start here or there and, um, and, and have some games um, that really could be pretty spectacular considering the weapons he has. Would you have a, a similar view or a different view on Locke this year? Yeah, so I, I think I, I think he's a player that probably has some of the some of the most distinct top side values that that, that that I would say in fantasy. So if you look at where he's probably projected by most you know so called experts and pundits, he's he's below. He's below 20 in almost every every projection list that I've looked at. And as you mentioned, the weapons are different. They're going to have to score points in that division. I think the whole division is kind of recalibrated and thought about what it's going to take to beat the Chiefs. And offense is definitely going to be a part of it. You know, and, and I think 
they were rightly conservative with this player last year. Remember, he started last year with an injury, so he only really played, he played the last five games of the year. Only one 300-yard game, but didn't turn the ball over that much. He had seven touchdowns and, and three interceptions in five games. Like I said, only 1,000 yards passing in those games, but one 300-yard game. You know, he is a little bit mobile. He can move, he can move around a little bit. I, th- I think he's got really good upside. As you mentioned, I wouldn't draft him as a number one, but he's got really high upside as, as a two. And I think, you know, I wouldn't kill someone for, for, you know, going to, if they wanted to go the cheap route at quarterback in a roto league or an auction league and, you know, have have lock and play mix and match, which is a strategy which a lot of guys use, you know, playing against matchups. Let's say you walk out of a draft with someone like Locke and Cousins and play matchups because I think neither of those quarterbacks will, will be in the top 15, but you can play matchups with those two quarterbacks and they probably come at a cheap price. I like the upside for Drew Locke. Yeah, so do I. I think a big, a big component to what's going to happen with Denver's offense this year is their, is their creativity. And they're going to need creativity because they have, with Lindsey and Melvin Gordon, you know, they have two running backs. Um, Lindsey's played so well, um, and they elected to bring in Gordon. So they're going to have to be able to run offense that has both of those players on the field at the same time. It's going to take some creativity, but... um, I think I think there there is certainly going to be some games where Drew Lock is going to put up some some big numbers, um, and you know I'm just wondering as we move on to the running back situation, do you think that what the signing of Melvin Gordon to the Broncos has done is kind of cause both himself and Lindsey to lose a lot of value? Um, certainly Lindsay would have a lot more value without Gordon and Gordon in a different situation could have more value. So how do you see that pairing? Do you see them kind of both being effective, but neither guy being a standout fantasy running back? Yeah. So I still have a very sour taste in my mouth when it comes to Melvin Gordon with all the garbage he caused last, you know, with his contract last year. It was a real headache for fantasy owners. So so I have a, a slightly tainted view of the players that I'm going to have to uh, somehow eradicate. Um, and, and I loved Philip Lindsay. I, I, you remember I sp- spent some big money on him in a couple of leagues as a waiver wire uh, addition uh, in, 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 in 2018. You know, last year, maybe not as explosive, but a nice player, undrafted guy who's, who's a great story, local kid. So... You know, again, I have I have to get over the sour grapes taste in my mouth when it comes to to Gordon. But yeah, I think both of their values are going to be slightly diminished, uh, and I could see this. And you know, you want to talk about one and one A's. You can see both of these guys kind of reducing the value that each other has as a result of the, the player usage. You know, obviously, Royce Freeman completely loses out in this situation. Look, it's a good problem to have. Um, and one that um, will, will somehow get rectified. You know, I, I, I think both players are excellent. They have, they've had very solid careers to, to, in, in a short amount of time. Um, so it's, nice, it's a nice problem to have is what I would say. But from a fantasy, pers- fantasy perspective, it's probably a little bit cumbersome and sloppy uh, for a fantasy owner. So let me just ask you a two-part question about the running back values. Uh, do you see either guy inside the top 12 where, they, where either guy would be uh, considered a running back one? If, if not, then I guess they both have running back two status, if that's the case. Um, 
And my other question is, which of the two guys do you think has more value coming into the season? Yeah, so I, I think Gordon is definitely going to be slated as the guy with more value. But, but I want to be careful. You know, Gordon's had a lot. Gordon's got a little bit more miles on him than, than Lynn Lindsay does. I think they're not, neither will be a top 12 running back. That's my opinion coming into the year. And, and most likely at the end of the year, that will not be the case. And, and I, I would slightly, I think the players are a little bit more even than the way draft boards have them set up. How's that for an answer? Okay. And what about is either guy inside the top 12, do you think? No, no, I do not. Okay, uh, so to move along to uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Like I said at the you know onset when we were talking about that, I kind of think they kind of hurt each other's value a little bit there. And uh, um, I'm also not not the biggest fan of Melvin Gordon either. And uh, I would have liked to see like Lindsey become the main guy there to see to see what he could do. But uh, I think both of their values take a hit. Wide receiver is interesting. Um, you know, I know you're a big Quan Sutton guy. Um, I think Jerry Judy is the most polished uh, receiver to come uh, out of college last year. His route running is just brilliant. Um, and uh, I think Jerry Judy will become uh, Drew Locke's go-to guy, especially on third down with his route running, especially on, like, the thirds and fours, thirds and sixes. Um I think Jerry Judy just has an amazing capability of route running and the ability to get open in those type of situations. Uh, also, another early pick, it's a KJ Hamler of Penn State. So wh- how do you view uh, you know, Sutton and Judy and the receiving core for the Broncos? So Sutton over 1,000 yards last year, I think 1,100 yards, only 100-yard game, so that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, Judy, who, you know, uh, you watched his games in college last year. He's certainly an impressive, 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 impressive player. So, yeah, I could see this situation where you could see Sutton take a little bit of a step back and Judy, obviously, because Sutton really had nobody on the other side of him. I mean, Tim Patrick was there and Deshaun Hamilton, um, but they're just not as accomplished as a guy like Judy is going to be. So I could see a situation very easily where, you know, maybe both, both players are kind of in that 850 to 1,000-yard range. Uh, you know, Hamler, I know you didn't love the pick of Hamler, but, you know, he's going to get an opportunity to play that in that, in that third receiver slot for them. Uh, so that's kind of the way I'm viewing it. I think, I think Judy should be probably ranked as the number one rookie wide receiver coming into this draft, just given the opportunity he's going to have and the offense that he's in and given the talent that's around him is what I would say. So so I can see a situation where step back for Sutton doesn't reach the yardage that he did last year because really Judy starts to eat into that. That's that's kind of the way I look into it. And, you know, again, Kamler's going to get some opportunities uh, down the field a little bit as well. Yeah, I think um... – I think I'm not sure if Judy's even clearly cut take over and be the number one guy, but I, I would not be surprised if he uh, led the Broncos in receptions this year. Uh, like I said, I think he's going to be a key third down guy to go to. Um, the reason why I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't love the Hamler pick is I'm not sure what his playing time is going to be. Uh, I think Denver, you may see them often in 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 two wide receiver sets. They may be in two running backs. I mean, there could be a lot of different formations. I'm just not sure they needed to take that player, you know, that early, especially with what they're going to do. So um, I, he's fine as far as ability. I'm just not sure like what is 
playing time in B? Uh, does that put Hamilton firmly on the bench? Does he leap him immediately on the depth chart? Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't know what his playing time was going to be. Do you have any other comments or things you want to talk about the receivers as far as the Broncos are concerned? Well, actually, I, what I wanted to bring into this, into this discussion is the offensive coordinator this year, who will be... Pat Shermer, who was the Giants head coach last year. He was the offensive coordinator of your Minnesota Vikings. I want to say it was like in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he's been an offensive coordinator in a number of places. He's probably better suited to be a, one of those guys, better suited to be a coordinator than a head coach. But has had success as an offensive coordinator in this league on a number of other teams, uh, the Eagles come to mind. He was a he was a very good offense coordinator with the Eagles. So it'll be very interesting to see what he does. You know, you mentioned what type of personnel they're going to use. Now, with the Giants last year, the Giants actually were three. They played three um, uh, three wide receivers seventy five percent of the time. Now, part of that could be because they were behind a lot. So it'll be interesting to see what Sherman does with this particular offense. You mentioned tight end. They have a couple of interesting options. I think they have, they're pretty much three deep. They have one, you know, traditional blocker and a guy like Harriman. And then you, you as you mentioned, um, you know, bringing in uh, the kid from Missouri, uh, o, Albert O, as I'll call him, because I cannot pronounce that last name for the life of me. And Noah Font, who's really not a blocking tight end, but a, really a, a speed guy down the field who, who could have some big games on his own. And we know he had some big plays last year. So it'll be interesting to see what Pat Sherman does. Do you have any you know recollection what he did when he was with the Vikings back in 17? Is this a guy that, that may go back to that depending on the on the personnel that he has here? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think what's interesting with the Broncos is they can, you know, they could continually play with four receivers. They could play, you know, with, with one running back. They could have most of their offense with two running backs on the field at the same time. They could be playing a lot of a lot of a lot of offense with twelve personnel. They have two interesting tight ends, and like the the, the tight end situation is is very interesting for the Broncos because Noel Font was a first round pick taken from Iowa. And he, he showed signs. I know that you were pretty high on him. I think you even maybe tried to make a trade uh, to get him in one, of, in one of the leagues at the end of the year in, in a dynasty league. And, and then they drafted this year Albert Okwebunam from, from, from Missouri. And he has familiarity with Drew Locke. He played with him. And I would not be surprised if he unseated Noah Font and became the number one receiving tight end for the Broncos. I mean, so, you know, I don't know if, how familiar people are with this player, but you know, the most impressive forty-yard dash at the NFL com- Combine was Isaiah Simmons running a four-three-nine forty. Probably the next one was. Albert Okwebunam running a 4.4940, carrying like 255 pounds. Uh, he is a, a freak athlete with some great uh, receiving abilities, especially after the catch. So he's a guy to keep your eye on as well. And uh, it's just another point to be made why Drew Locke um, and that offense is more, much more interesting and relevant than they've been in previous years. 
Yeah, look, and John Elway's had really uh, a lousy time of it um, since he's been running the show in in, in uh, Denver as a uh, GM. Uh, guys like, uh, oh my God, uh, Osweiler. Who was the other stiff? Lynch, Paxton Lynch. Oh my God, what a stiff! So, so <laughs> hopefully Drew Locke can can really start, uh, you know, raising the bar. You know, after a, you know a nice appearance last year. But I'm excited about this offense. I'm excited about this division. I, I think this is going to be one of the one of the most interesting divisions in all of football. And you know, look, I think there's a lot of interesting picks here. Probably a lot of guys that that won't be drafted and really high positions but that could have a lot of success on, on the fantasy football field this season yeah i agree i i, I agree with all of that uh i think you know denver is one of these teams that is in the process of making a, a big transformation i think like i said john la has realized who's in his division and you're just not gonna you know, win those type of games against Patrick Mahomes where you just expecting it to be like a defensive game, you know, like in the 1970s, those AFC-type football games on Sunday afternoon. It's a different NFL, and, you know, you have got to be able to put up 27, 34 points, 37 points to expect to win the game because, you, you know, that offense is going to put up numbers against your defense no matter how many good defensive players you have and as good as your defense is. It's just kind of like an unstoppable offense and you have to match them with points. I think that's the philosophy and, and what they're going to try and do. Whether they're able to execute that is a completely different story, but they certainly are one of the most interesting teams coming into the season uh, based on what they've done with the offseason and draft picks as well. Yeah, and one other thing I'd add, and, and, and you know, going back a few years ago, th- this defense was, was one of the more sought-after defenses. And, you know, they struggled last year. You know, Vic Fangio was a defensive guy. You know, interesting names, Vaughn Miller, obviously, Bradley Chubb, uh, who they drafted a couple of years ago. They added A.J. Bouye on defense. Jarrell Casey came over from the Titans. Um, they just added another nose tackle, that kid Mike Purcell, who played with the Niners a few years ago. You know, is this a defense that, I mean, I know the secondary, they lose Chris Harris, they add Bouye. Is this a defense that could kind of crawl its way back into the discussion again after kind of a couple of disappointing years in a row? I think they're they're a defense that you kind of maybe want to stream with or have as a second defense. And, like, if they're playing at home against a team whose offense um, is important or the quarterback is hurt or the conditions are crazy at home, you know, they they could be one of those defenses. But, you know, you don't want to be starting them against Kansas City. Um, and uh, and the Raiders' offense looks improved as well. So um, they're 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 okay. I don't know if they're a, a number one defense, but certainly a, a defense that you want to maybe stream with or have as a backup or use as spot starts uh, and see if they're available on the on the free agent market as well. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Are you uh, uh, even though he's kicking in that thin air in Denver? Are you a McManus fan, or can he? Could he kind of move up a little bit this year because of the offense? Is he, uh, you know, one of those guys that maybe uh, overlooked as a uh, fantasy uh, kicker? Yeah, he's fine. I mean, I, he he's fine. I, you know, he has the big leg, and you know, 
he's one of these guys where if your league gives big points for long field goals and they're at home and, you know, you don't have a great kicking option, you weren't lucky enough to get Greg the Hammer Zerline as your uh, legatron as your kicker uh, and you're kind of like streaming kickers or, you know, it's, it's a good matchup for Denver and you think they're going to score some points, I, th- I think he's fine as well. All right, awesome. All right, so that is a wrap from Guru and the Wiz on the Denver Broncos. I can't wait till the next couple that we're doing. Uh, guess who it is? The Lions and I think the Packers. So uh, that'll be fun. I know you love uh, – you're going to love talking about the Packers this year. That's for sure. But, uh, oh, yeah. Wiz, thank you very much uh, for another exciting podcast of Guru and the Wiz, and we will talk to everybody later in the week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Wiz. Thanks, Wiz.